0: At you with a better success rate than Fulham on penalties. This is the Fantasy Faithful and FBL podcast brought to you by the I'm your host, Steve McGovern, and I'm joined by Dara Curran of Planet FBL and the Fulhamish podcast, Dara. How is it going?
1: It's not going to do good based on last week, but uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling all right. I got it out of my system now. How many points did you get? So I took a minus eight, which meant that I did really poorly. I got 35 points with a minus eight, which was 27. Oh, I, have, I, no. I haven't even I haven't even looked at my rank because I know it's just going to be horrific. Oh, no.
0: Well, I was actually feeling pretty pretty sorry for Harry Diamond, who, as we said last week on the pod, he, he used his wild card and he only got 51 points. So that was below the average score. He sold Sun... For Bruno, so that's okay. Bruno actually scored more, so that's okay. But then he also traded Dominic Calvert-Lewin for Ollie Watkins, and that really did not pay off. Ollie Watkins blanked. Calvert-Lewin, obviously, as we know, got a brace... Against Fulham, so uh, his move to uh, he went he went to move to Triple Villa that did not pay off. So he had a red arrow in the fantasy FAVOL league standings to twenty seven. He was his overall rank. He was at forty thousand, like forty seven thousand last week, I think. So he has moved all the way down to one hundred and sixty nine thousand. Oh, on a wild card as well so uh i don't know what's right he, he had a wild card and he, he he still did better than you but i think that's 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 got a sting so uh our commiserations yeah. harry yeah. if you're listening that's that's a stinger yeah.
1: the only thing i'd say is he's probably set up for the next uh-huh. game he's going forward so i wouldn't be too worried about it. it's just a bit of a bit of a bad game week but
0: yeah i was texting him at the weekend i was saying you know what you know if you'd ask anyone not many people would have vetoed his moves so to speak i think you know, you would have said because he was texting me as well, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like, I don't hate those moves. I think they're they're fine, and um, yeah, it's just the way that the ball bounced, really. I think uh, so unfortunate, but uh, on today's show, anyway, we'll be looking back at our regrets from uh, game week nine. Uh, well, I think you've already uh, <laughs> said a few of yours, Dara. Uh, we'll also look at who passed the eye test and maybe take a peek at some key stats. We'll also offer up our differentials, transfer plans, and captains' picks for game week ten, as well as our all-important lock of the week. and first up. Like I said, we'll go to those league standings. And topping the Fantasy Football League is still Stoyan Daniel Alexandru's FC National. Uh, although the gap has tightened after he only scored 59 points, so it's not as, uh, as big a lead as he once had. I have got a green arrow. I had a few green arrows. I've gone all the way up to 251 in that league. Still not where I want to be, but it's getting there. Uh, If you want to join the league, then use the code QCEY3L or hit the auto-join link in the episode description. Now, up next is Captain Hindsight. Who's Captain Hindsight? Captain
1: Hindsight, the hero of the modern age.
0: Right, Darren, I got 73 points in Game Week 9, so I'm pretty happy all around. Uh, I did have Tariq Lamptey for his uh, red card, which is quite annoying. But otherwise, I did all right. I do have to admit, though, I sold Salah in the end even though we were all kind of saying we were going to hold, I sold Salah, brought in Bruno and it might bite me in the future because I actually kept Callum Wilson <laughs> who had a price drop and didn't right. play. So I sold Salah, but kept Wilson. So uh, go figure. But uh, it, I think it paid off at least for this week, because if I hadn't have gotten Bruno, I would have captained Grealish instead and gotten a mighty two points. So I am happy enough with that. And I kept uh, Sun Young Min. So uh, all in all, I've got more things to be positive about than to be negative about this week. What about you?
1: Yeah, I in hindsight, I, I definitely should have bought Bruno in captain him. It was the most obvious decision. I was trying to be a bit too clever, I think, and trying to set my team
0: up. To be fair, but, if that penalty miss had a stud, completely different story. I was laughing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it would have been a completely different story. So, And to be honest with you, like I was kind of watching this game like, oh, this has got like nil all written all over it. And uh, luckily, Hernandez came through and uh, <laughs> on the second time Vaskin scored. I'd say there was a lot of people who had big regrets about selling Sun Hyung-min. No one's price has fluctuated as much as Sun. He had a price decrease this week and every time his price goes down, He bangs. And that's what happened again. Inside the first five minutes, scored a goal. So I say there was loads of Gretzkys all around for all the people who sold Sun, including Harry. But I mean, I suppose it's just one of those things. People saw the fixtures, decided to dump them. Look, I think at this stage, we're looking at Harry Kane and Son and we're thinking they're probably fixture-proof. So there's that fine line between adjusting your opinions and knee-jerk reactions. Sometimes we have to go whichever way the wind is blowing, but you also don't want to be too... Knee jerky, and I think in this sense, I think some people were, were slightly knee jerky in, in getting rid of Son, you know, not realizing that he has been one of the best players in the season and one of the top goal scorers. So, yeah, I think those cover all the bases in terms of regrets. Now it's time for the eye test. So, we're going to see who looked good this week. Dara, who have you got for me? Who do you think impressed you, at least to look at, if not points wise?
1: We've mentioned him so many times already, it's Patrick Bamford. He, he had so many chances in that game against Arsenal and he hasn't scored. So that's the Patrick Bamford that I know and love. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw something about him. Maybe I'll just segue into it. So over the last six game weeks, he's had 27 shots on target. He's first for shots, first for shots in the box, first for shots on target, first for shots inside the six-yard box, first for big chances, first for XG, first for non-penalty XG, top for everything. Jesus. Only four goals to show for it though. Yeah. And, wow. And I guess I guess that's the, that's where the frustrations of last season are kind of coming through when you see that his, his numbers are that good yet he's only got the four goals from only four goals I say but yeah definitely definitely want to get I think.
0: Yeah, you think he's definitely, like, I've got, <laughs> I've got uh, Callum Wilson there, so uh, I should probably get That's on the, the Bamford train, because I was going to say, I do have it down here for this section. I was going to say Bam Fraud has blanked two weeks in a row, which is uh, more of what I expected from him, but uh, he's definitely kind of, he's in that price range. you think he's the must-have over Callum Wilson, Shea Adams, Mitrovic, etc.?
1: Yeah, he's the one I'm not going to get, I think. He's
0: just for the price, what he's returning, I'm happy to jump on that. Okay, interesting. Kind of in a similar mold, you know. I'm thinking of uh, Daniel Pedence, who, I mean, this guy. He's got two goals and sorry, he's got one goal and two assists for the season. So it's not bad. It's fine. But he's had 14 total shots, seven on target. He's had nine attempted assists, and every game, like I was, I was watching that game at the weekend, and he had so many chances before he was hauled off, and I was just like you know, just one of them to go in. Like he just looked brilliant and it's just not happening. It's just not, he's just not getting the points and it's very frustrating. You know, like he came off my bench for Wilson at the weekend. So I was kind of like happy enough if he doesn't do anything, but he just comes on, gives me two points, Grant. But uh, what do you think about his lack of production? 'Cause I still think he looks really good. Like if I'm watching him, if I didn't have him, I'd be thinking, Jesus, yeah, Daniel Penance might be someone I want to get in.
1: Yeah, but he could be he could be one of those players that's that looks good but just isn't a good fantasy asset, like like James mm-hmm. Madison or something like that. He kind of flatters to deceive a l- little bit in terms of like he's a great player, but just doesn't transfer into into fantasy.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right there. And just a couple of other things I noticed for uh Hyungman's goal, Tangay and Dombele. Oh my god, the little adjustment to beat the press from Bernardo Silva, like it just turns Lovely loft to pass. Oh, my God. I mean, I wouldn't be getting Ndombele in my team, but just like, oh, that man. I love that guy. Guy's quality. And then finally, just somebody I want to mention is Timo Werner, who looks exceptional. Like, he looks brilliant. I saw Miguel Delaney say he's like the perfect kind of modern forward, and I think that's true, and he's got so much pace and power. But then three times in the last three games I've watched of him, he has missed absolute sitters. He missed one just last night. We usually record on a Tuesday night, so we've actually gotten to see some of the Champions League before recording. He missed an absolute sitter against Wren, which almost cost them, because it was only a, a late goal from Giroud saving them. Now against Newcastle, against Wren, and who was the team they played last week? Sheffield United. Just three absolute sitters. Maybe one against Sheffield United, maybe I'm being unfair, He but the keeper was off his line. He could have lobbed him, and he just didn't even hit the target. So three weeks in a row, he has missed absolute sitters, really big chances. And so um, I don't know which way to read that. I'm mean, reading that as... This guy's finishing is just way off, or you know, should we be positive at the fact that he's getting into really great positions? He he's going to bang soon enough, you know. Which way would you read it?
1: Yeah, I I guess people could interpret it either way. I tend to go with that he's getting the chances anyway. Yeah. I mean, if if you remember the season that Salah burst onto the scene, he was missing so many chances he wasn't getting the bonus points, but he was still getting those chances. Yeah. So I I think. Quality will shine through. Uh, he he did tend to go on like a purple patches as well in the Bundesliga. Like he went long streaks with without kind of scoring and then just like absolutely
0: exploded. So that could be on the horizon. I always find that if they're getting the chances, that's the best thing. And I know, you know I was wondering that with Daniel Padens as well, but. Like, uh, with Timo Werner, I suppose it's it's you want him to be putting them away because in a lot of people's teams, he's going to be their main striker if they don't have Harry Kane or Jamie Vardy. So, yeah, I think that's the eye test for this week. Next, we'll look at some stats. None of this nerd right. nonsense so, about expected goals. So one stat that really caught my eye this week was Harry Kane had zero shots. Didn't have a single shot on target. But at the same time, he played an amazing game, ended up getting an assist... Uh, his ninth of the season, I seriously think he's gonna he's he's gonna break that record, isn't he? He's gonna get like twenty goals and twenty assists. He's gonna equal Thierry Henry's record <laughs> this season. It's uh, just quite an, an astounding stat, and and you still come away with it from the game thinking, God, Harry Kane is some player. He's very good. So it's not not exactly worrying me, but it it was just interesting to to see that because he's not usually a, a shot shy striker. Well, he did have the one. If he managed
1: to keep himself on side, he would have had a shot.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I mean,
1: I. I think he's probably the biggest challenge to Shearer's goal tally if he can keep himself fit over the years.
0: Yeah, well that's a big question, isn't it? Is fitness. And I think, I wondered this when, you know, when, when the restart came back I was like, because there were still a couple of games where he looked a bit lethargic after the restart, but would that break benefit him? Because he's just, an, he has a, this mania for coming back from injury way too quickly. And it's, it's worked for him. He has come back and he looks so good. He looks like the old Harry Kane with a few new tools added. And uh, yeah, it just looks ups- exceptional. So great to see that break, obviously, that enforced break from lockdown, obviously, is paying dividends. So to be honest, even with the difficult fixtures coming up, I don't think I'm going to get rid of him, but we'll, we'll see how it goes anyway. Uh, Dara, any stats leap off the page for you?
1: So it's a player that a lot of managers will have, and this will probably just reinforce why they've got him. Jack Grealish has more penalty area touches than any other player in the last six game weeks.
0: I saw him compared to Eden Hazard, prime Eden Hazard, and it kind of makes sense. He is turning into that kind of player. Now, he's not just, he's not just a guy who stays on the left flank and drifts inside and creates chances. He's now doing that, and he's getting in the box. He's getting off shots. He's getting that, those penalty area touches. And to be honest with you, like if we have a prime Eden Hazard here, who's at what price is he at? It's like 7 point whatever. That's amazing. Like 7.6 at the minute. Like that's unbelievable. His ownership has now rocketed up to 41%. Again, reinforces exactly why everyone has him. On the season pre- keeper, I think for me. Oh. He's, just, he's just a talisman as well for Villa. 100%. Again, I'm going to say it all day long uh, for the people who, t- who doubted J- Jack Grealish at the beginning of the season. How could you? How could you? On the, on the other side of the scale though, James Rodriguez, another playmaker. He's only has one attempted assist in the past two game weeks. Not great. Everton took care of of uh, Fulham pretty handily. Either way, he did have one pre-assist, but yeah, it's not looking great. And um, I don't know. He's definitely might be on the chopping block for me. So that's that's not great. Elsewhere, Sebastian Haller actually he has six goals this season. That's twice as many goals as any other West Ham player in all competitions this season. So I know a lot of people are thinking about getting Michael Antonio for when he comes back, but that's one to consider. Haller scored like the angriest goal you'll see all season. Um, didn't even celebrate it against Sheffield United but he's, he's one to keep an eye on also Brighton have conceded nine goals from set pieces in the Premier League this season that seems like a lot considering we've only had nine games that's a lot so they've obviously they're topping the list for goals conceded from set pieces and we'll probably come back to that a bit later and then I also want to mention Alex Telles because we haven't seen a huge amount of him in the Premier League, but he has played a few games in the Champions League, and apparently, no Manchester United player has created more cha- more chances in the Champions League so far this season than Alex Tellez's seven. And uh, he's only played 157 of a possible 360 minutes. So, thanks to Statman Dave for that that one. So that's interesting. If he starts in the Premier League ahead of Brandon Williams, which you would kind of assume he would, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. Right, uh, we might as well get to our picks. For the week, and let's go under the radar to look for some differentials. Dara, who have you got for me?
1: Um, I've got a player who has been talked about quite a bit amongst the Twitter community, but he still only got an ownership of three point two percent at the time of recording. He created four chances in the last game week. He's tougher chances created among defenders over the last six game weeks, and he's playing a really advanced role on the left and plays for City, who've looked much more resolute at the back this season. I am talking about João Cancelo.
0: Interesting. Yeah, we th- I think we mentioned him. We've mentioned him in previous episodes uh, lately. And yeah, do you, so you think if you're going to get on a City asset, he's the one, not Raheem Sterling, not Kevin De Bruyne, Gabriel Jesus?
1: I, I think i pick one of the uh, attackers, but I'd be more inclined to lean towards the defence. They look just look better defensively than they do going forward. Just can't seem to break team sound.
0: What do you make of Kevin De Bruyne, though, I mean, Man City, like we've been saying, look kind of flaccid in attack. But, you know, he's he's put up some interesting and impressive, like, underlying numbers against Tottenham he had 6 shots 4 of those were in the box so he's definitely got still got that attacking threat and he also had 3 key passes with two big chances created so do you think he's got a haul on the horizon potentially um the all the, a lot of the shots i think he had 6 shots against spurs five of which were all blocked.
1: So Spurs just didn't allow him to get any space whatsoever.
0: They were giving him the shots, but they weren't giving him the good chances, basically.
1: He had one that might have actually reached the goal. It was from distance. That was the one from outside the box where he had a little bit of space Mm -hmm. and he just dragged it wide of the post. Yeah, I mean, his underlying stats look pretty good. I think somewhere down the line, he's just got so many routes to to points, whether it be assists, goals, or penalties so could be one yeah just waiting for them to to, to show us all
0: yeah that's it that's it
1: we're waiting for man city to do that really like all
0: season uh, and they do seem to be playing kind of within their shell at the minute it's it's strange you know we've talked plenty in previous episodes about man city's declining numbers if you go onto footballfaithful.com i did a stats piece for the weekends football and you can read there about the kind of the difference between previous three seasons and this season and it's got just gone way down so yeah check that out on footballfaithful.com. my pick for this week is uh i actually forgot I, you know i only just remembered it while we we're recording this man has two and a half percent ownership he has three goals and two assists this season and i want people to put some respect on his name because he had a very good season last season scoring 15 goals and making six assists and i think he's on the way back up he's only 7.2 million i am of course talking about tammy Abraham and he struggled for starts in the beginning he only had two starts in the first six games but now he seems to be properly back in the team he's had three starts in a row and in those three starts he has scored two goals and made one assist and the interesting thing for me Dara is that every time he starts he returns so all of those returns came in the games that he started I know we're all thinking about Timo Werner but I think if you wanted a cheaper route into that Chelsea attack, which seems to be getting motoring now. They've scored nine goals in the last three Premier League games. I think Tammy Abraham might be an interesting differential there. What do you make of that?
1: Yeah, I think he complements Ferner quite well. My only worry would be when Havertz and Pulisic are back fit. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's an issue with rotation possibly.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. I think. I I think it's it's working at the minute. So, but. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, with Havertz and, and Pulisic. I mean, look, who knows with Pulisic because it, it, every time he seems to be coming back, he, he gets another injury. But yeah, I think at the minute, Abraham, 7.2. I really like that. And it seems to be working. I, f- I feel like he kind of has to play them together most weeks because it's working. So yeah, Tammy Abraham is one. I think a lot of people would have dismissed. People obviously still not high on him with uh, just, like I said, the 2.5% ownership. But he's caught my eye and who knows, maybe he'll find his way into my team at some point. Right, one-week punt. Who have you got to me? Who is the player that you would who you think it would definitely bang this week, but you wouldn't want him any other week?
1: I've gone for Rafina of Leeds against, Interesting. against a very leaky Everton. So from game week two onwards, Everton have conceded more goals than any other team in the Premier League averaging two a game. Uh, in the last game, I think is going to take that spot from Costa. In the last game against Arsenal, he had four goal attempts. Two of which were inside the box and he rattled the bar late on. And I just think Leeds going forward, they're a very attack minded team, so there could be some joy for for him against the Toffees.
0: Interesting pick. I like it. It's definitely in the spirit of one week punt because he's not someone I would consider for the long term, certainly. But uh, it's, it's very interesting. I've gone for James Milner of Liverpool FC. He got two assists against uh, Leicester City. And it was annoying because, you know, when uh, one of the goals went in and I was thinking did Robertson take that? And then I was saying, oh no, Robertson was at the edge of the box and it was none because Milner was taking one of the corners. So they seem to be trading it between themselves. And like I mentioned earlier, brighton hove Albion have conceded uh, more goals from set pieces than any other team. So if James Milner is starting and he's on corners and the odd free kick, then he could, he could be one to look out for. So yeah, that's well, that's definitely a one-week punt.
1: He could be back on penalties as well because he was the <gasps> oh. first choice penalty taker, but then when he wasn't playing regularly, Salah took them.
0: Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, if they had gotten a penalty at the weekend, you would assume he would have taken it. Oh, I'd say he, his price would have spiked if he had taken a yeah, penalty. 100%. Yeah, so got two assists against Leicester. Salah looks like he's back. It looks like he might be playing tonight in the Champions League. Yeah, um, I see. So we'll see about that. That has everyone going, oh, no. Like, why, why do we sell him? But... Look, I think that segues nicely into into transfers because I I have had it in the back of my mind. Should I go back to Salah? Should I should I go back? I I think it worked out uh, with, in terms of uh, value, okay, because. I got a little bump from uh, Bruno Fernandez's price changes, and Salah has gone back to twelve point two. So uh, I think I could actually make that swap pretty easily without really having a, much of an effect on my on my bank balance. To be honest with you, it's not really the priority. Bruno Fernandez is just brilliant. He's <laughs> just brilliant, particularly as a fantasy asset. Um, so I'm thinking about swapping. James Rodriguez for Hakim Ziyech but I'm relatively happy with my squad so we'll see if I make any changes at all but that's the change that I'm looking at maybe James Rodriguez to Ziyech or James to somebody else because he's not looked as good as he did in those opening few weeks where he seems to be assisting everything what about you Dara who are you looking to bring in
1: I've got this transfer that's been on the back burner for a long time I've looking to offload sites and just there's been some other things that have come up and Hasn't been as pressing. But now that he's got Corona, he's just completely out of favour at Wolves. I had initially thought that I'd be looking at one of Reese James or Cresswell. I've now been priced out of Cresswell. So Tellez that you mentioned is interesting to me. I'm also looking at James Justin for a nice run of fixtures. They've got Fulham, Sheffield United, and Brighton in the next three. So I might jump on that one. Cool. I actually
0: should say that I do have Lamptey um, who was suspended for the next game and i've still got jimmy dunn in my team so i should really maybe I replace. Could him. I yeah, duck, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes exactly from your neck of the woods yeah. um yeah so i i should really get rid of him the only thing is like if i got him you know even if i got a pretty good replacement i don't think i'm going to change my back line i've got Chilwell, andy robertson and kilman against arsenal who can't Buy a goal seemingly so I'm fairly happy with my defense at the minute so I don't know I might keep Hamez for this week just because they're playing Leeds and Leeds you know are giving up a lot they're making a lot but they're giving up a lot as well so uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm, like I said relatively happy with the squad speaking of Everton versus Leeds my captain I think I'm going to go with Dominic Calvert-Lew and he would have been the best pick last week he got 13 points what about you are you looking at DCL or are you looking elsewhere this week I am going elsewhere. So this is part of my
1: transfers last week. I now am on Triple City. So I've got Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, and I also got rid of Harry Kane for Jamie Vardy. So it'll be either between Vardy against Fulham or one of the City boys against Burnley. And I haven't made my mind up yet. I need
0: to do some more research on that. Yeah, there's not... I think the reason why I'm looking at Cavaloon is just that it just feels like a good matchup. The rest of them don't really pop off the page. We've got Fernandez versus Southampton. We know Southampton are a very good team. Grealish versus West Ham, not quite feeling it. And then Kane or Son against Chelsea, maybe. I've got the vice-captaincy on Son at the minute, so that might be an option. But nothing else is really hopping off the page, unless I want to do Andy Robertson against Brighton. But that's a that would be a really, really froggy choice. But yeah, so calvert against Leeds, um, I think he'll get opportunities. They'll definitely give him chances and uh, if he gets one in the box you know he's he generally speaking these days he is snapping them up so yeah but i think this you mentioned your potential choice there that feeds nicely into the next and final section of the show it'll be smooth jimmy's luck of the week that's a big luck, all right right darrett so my luck of the week is i think you can guess jamie vardy versus fulham i'm just looking at fulham and we're just It's funny, if we didn't have such a porous defence, I think we'd actually have quite a fun team. You know, we've got some interesting players there. You know, obviously Mitrovic. Anthony Robinson has looked brilliant on the left flank these days. And Gisa, just magnificent. Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming off the bench. And uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few other players, but Adam Luckman, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, just a fun team there. But the defence is so porous. And I just can't see Jamie Vardy not beating us to a pulp. So he, I think, is guaranteed get points this week so if you need a premium striker you know where to look for this week I think that's him what about you?
1: I'm in the same camp I've gone for Jamie Vardy as well I just think the way the Fulham play they like to have a lot of the possession and I think there'll be chances there they could get cut out on the break there'll be opportunities for him to get in behind the defence. And we, we've seen these silly mistakes that could very easily lead to a penalty coming his way. So unless Fulham secede some possession a bit more and pick their moments to go forward, I think Vardy will have a lot of joy.
0: I couldn't agree unfortunately. more. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it feeds into, you know, not just Leicester style, but he, how he plays and how he picks off teams, I think will be ripe for the picking, unfortunately. And I don't know, it'll take a huge performance from Fulham to get anything out of this game. I think, even though they haven't looked too bad in recent weeks, but they just, they give up goals so cheaply. It's annoying when you see them put in good or decent performances, not absolutely terrible performances, and then just giving up cheap goals. And I think Vardy is exactly the kind of person to take advantage of that. He loves picking up cheap goals like that. He pounces on defensive errors. So I think he's a cinch for lock of the week. And I don't know, I don't want to get rid of Kane. So there's not really much room for him in my team. So unfortunately, won't be able to get him this week. But yeah, he's the one to look at this week, I think. And yeah, that's the end of this week's episode. So all that's left for me to say is thank you for listening. Dara, thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure as always. Thank you no bother and uh, hopefully talk to you next week make sure to follow us on all of our social channels just look up the football faithful or fantasy faithful check out our 90s football hall of fame podcast as well and good luck this weekend in game week 10.